Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Beth Maitland. And this is Joel Brooks. And we're on Brandon's Buzz. We're buzzing with Brandon. We are. We're buzzing with Brandon, so tune in. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker, and you're listening to Brandon Buzz on Blog Talk Radio. This is a great show. Brandon is a great host. (laughs) So if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it Better when you live on a street of dreams Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon Buzz, the place to be This is Harry Garber, and you are buzzing with Brandon This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz Hey guys, and welcome to Brandon's Buzz. It is August 7th, 2009. It is uh, 9.30 out in New York. It is 6.30 in California, and it's 7.30 here in Colorado. I'm coming to you on location from my vacation in Grand Junction, Colorado. You know, I told you last week when, when I had uh, the great Connie Heyman on my show that I was going on hiatus for a couple of weeks because I was going on vacation. But when I got this offer on Monday uh, to talk to this great lady on, on uh, my guest today, I, you know, I couldn't resist the the uh, the opportunity because I've been a big fan of hers for a long time, and I tell you what, so I'm cutting my vacation uh, uh, short by an hour just to uh, have a chat with this great, great actress. You know, my guest today is a woman who single-handedly reinvented what it meant to be the classic soap bombshell, an instant smash as General Hospital's man-hungry gal Lucy Coe, her hilariously zany performances and her chemistry with everybody she worked with inspired soaps all across the dial to add Lucy Coe clones to their character lineups. But there was only one Lucy, and her maturation process from fictionist vamp to devoted wife and mother over her 17-year run on both GH and its spinoff Port Charles made her a daytime legend. She's been away from the scene since PC left the air in 2003, but she's just made a triumphant return to soaps, playing Trent Dawson's wacky, scheming mother on As the World Turns. And she's come by the buzz this morning to talk about her newest, character and her most famous one. What a genuine honor it is to welcome to my show today, oh my God, she just left the switchboard. Well, I was about to say what a great honor it is to welcome to my show today the fantastic and the glorious Lynn Herring, but she was on the switchboard and she just left. So Lynn, call back in if you're having problems with your phone. I don't know what's going on, but but uh, uh, please call back in and... and um, uh, uh, oh, okay, let's see what this is. Let's try this. Area code, area code six four six. Brandon. Hello? Yes. It's Lynn. Lynn, how are you? I'm good. This is hilarious. I have been running around this apartment in New York looking for phones. My cell phone. I was talking. Poor about Lee, those guys. I was talking to Buzzworthy and yes. I lost them. And then I've been so shout. Hello, Buzzworthy. Sorry about that. And then I tried to call you. So I am now have run across the hall to my neighbor's phone in New York and grabbed their phone. So I'm using their phone to talk to you. Yes, well, I saw your phone number on the switchboard, and then it, and then it disappeared, and I was thinking, oh, no, and then I saw yes, our 646 no. number pop up, so I was thinking that, may, that might be you. This is so good. At least this is working, and we just will have half the apartment building now standing in the hall watching and laughing. <laughs> well, uh, whatever it takes to get you here, it's a great honor to have you here. I'm so glad oh, you're here. thank you. 
It's so much fun. I was telling those guys, this is it's awesome to feel that reconnection with people that um, are such great watchers. It's fun. You know, it's really incredible what they're doing here at Blog Talk Radio. It's it, you know, it, it puts it puts the fans in control in a way. It's 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 a really great innovation. Oh, it is, and it's it is new because we didn't get to do this six years ago, and it's so yeah. fun to touch people that actually listen all the time to the shows and have such wonderful comments. Absolutely. You know, I usually start with a different question, but I just have to ask you at the outset, what is your secret? You are looking fabulous these days. Oh, thanks. Well, it must be all that, you know, raking of the cow manure and the throwing of the hay. It's got to be. I always tease because the actresses, you know, will say, oh, you you keep your arms, you're so, you know, uh, in shape that way. And I think, I'm going to have that ranch spa one day. I'm going to have everybody out. We do the mud baths in the river, and then I have Uh them ride horses and move the cows around. It'll be a perfect spa. I get my work done that way too. Fix and fence, they can do it. It's so funny. I read I read an interview with Ken Schreiner a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how you're like you're like Barbara Stanwyck on Big Valley all over again. <laughs> I know. He gets such a kick out of it because he's a very urban. You know, he's a Florida boy or he's a very city boy, and the, uh-huh. he just can't picture me out there riding the fences out. You know, on my horse by myself. He just gets a hoot out of it. <laughs> well, it's it's hilarious, and I tell you what, you're putting all those poor Oakdale women to shame right now. You oh. really are. That's so nice. That's a great group of people out there. I have to tell you, those Brooklyn people, oh, my goodness, they have a lot of fun and they work hard. Absolutely. So let's get the 60-second bio on Lynn Herring. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where did you go to school? <laughs> well, no, I was an Air Force sprout. I've always been really proud. My dad was a fighter pilot and a base commander, and so we moved all over the country, and I think that's what gives you that wanderlust and that flexibility um, to be an actor because we went all over uh, at different bases, and it was it was hard when you're in high school because you never quite have that boyfriend. You're always moving every you know yep, six months. Exactly. But it, it really gave me a good view of our country, and you know I was always so proud to say, well, I'm from here. No, no, really, I'm from here because I can call any state home. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so funny. I saw an interview with Peter Bergman years ago, and he oh, talked yeah. about how... He talked about how he was an he was an army kid as well, or, or a military kid, right? And that his one big regret in life was that he didn't have lifelong friends because he moved so much. Yes, and you know that you have a similar. It's true. You you begin, and I realize that that's why I want to stay connected to all my GH friends that I've worked with over the years because you don't have that sense of continuity from your childhood yeah. when you're on a, a long running show, and I'm sure Peter felt the same way. You know, Ken and Tony Geary and Jane Elliott and all these people, John and, and Stuart, they're people that you kind of grew up with in your adult life, so sure. you stay connected, and it makes you feel so happy to be able to um, know them through all their trials and tribulations and, and good days and bad, because we didn't have that as kids. Sure. Did you always know you wanted to be an actress? Oh, gosh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, you, I was, you do the typical thing of, oh, I'm going to be the first woman on the Supreme Court, you know, way back, or I'm going to be a, a, a vet, I'm going to, you know, save the world. You, there's so many things. And then in college, I kind of got bit by the bug. But I have to say, I was um, a very young soap opera viewer. So when you, I would always admire um, all those people on soap operas. So I think deep down, that was a secret wish that I didn't know could come true. Um, cause oh. I, I really did watch Young and Restless and um, General Hospital. So I, I have a feeling that something was pushing me without me even knowing it. Absolutely. What, what would you call your, your big break? What was the thing that kind of set you on your path? Um, <laughs> my, big, my big break was roller skating down Venice Beach and um, a couple people going and saying, you want to be in the movie Roller Boogie? <laughs> what? 
because I had lived wow. in New York a little bit. I, I had done a lot of commercials uh, to pay for college. I had done some modeling commercials, and I always liked the idea um, of being a part of that process, not so much being in front of the camera but being with a group of people doing something. It was really fun doing commercials um, back then, and so I had moved to New York and then came out to L.A. just on a visit, and that's how I got my SAG card is someone came up and said, okay, Linda Blair's doing this movie called Roller Boogie. Um, we need you. And then, I, of course, I ended up on the editing floor pretty much, but that yep. was my big, that was, ooh, that was huge. That was my break. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's like Lana Turner at Schwab's all over again. <laughs> so, without question, Lucy Coe on General Hospital is your signature role. I mean, that, you know, that's the one that made you the oh, soap yeah. icon that you are. I wouldn't, uh, that's been the best. Do you remember how you nabbed that, that part? You know what, it, it was, um, I had actually gone in one time before to meet with Gloria Monty, and it was for the role of Felicia, because um, I had been doing some small little, you know, the typical, what you hear, the episodic television. And I had gone in to read for Felicia, and the funniest was Gloria Monty in her day was, of course, very busy, and um, she kind of made me wait for three hours and Wayne at the time was waiting for me, and he made me leave, and I left. I, I, he said, you can't, people can't treat you like this. And we were like, you know, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We were so young and silly. And uh-huh. he said, just get out of there. So I left, and he yelled at the casting director at the time and said, you can't treat people like that. And it was wild, so I thought, well, I'll never get back in there. That was sort of the end of that. And then the Lucy part um, they were reading for, I think about a year later or so, and they just wanted a six weeks come in and do the Kevin O'Connor, you know, the whole storyline with that. And so I thought, well, if they let me back in, I better do a good job on the reading. (laughs) So it it worked out to be great, and I tested with another gal. Um, I remember so distinctly trying to think of, because in the screen test, you had to be very plain, like Lucy started, and then within the test, put on makeup and become this vamp. And I really, I had watched Wayne on his first initial run on Days, and I was a soap opera fan, a viewer, and so I thought, I have got to hit this and have fun with this. And luckily, it it turned out to be Lucy, and then they asked me to stay after a few, probably about four weeks. So it was really just a small part that I, I, I was desperately wanting to be part of daytime, so I was thrilled that it continued. Sure. And, you know, at that time, General Hospital was the show. I mean, you know, that was, that was the glory oh, days of that show. It truly, um, you know, started um, obviously with Luke and Laura and Scotty yeah. and the, the wedding, all of that. And then to be a part of it, I, um, lots of my friends, that, that was the show we really wanted to be on, you're right. Absolutely. Could, could you have dared to dream that it would turn into such a legendary part? I mean, we're, no. talking, about a, we're talking about a 17-year role here. I know, I, I know, and, and we talk, you know, Colleen Zink on As the World Turns has been on 30 years, and she was telling me how fortunate she feels to have that such a run and that continuity. And you, you just, when you're in the moment, you don't realize sometimes the connection you're making until the years do go by and you have people come up and you feel so blessed and, and so lucky to get to play. I, this, you know, even I, I was saying um, on Buzzworthy about the YouTube, I didn't know it was still out there that you could see some of the episodes. And last night I had tears in my eyes watching some of the nurses' ball and, and some of the uh-huh. hijinks with all those characters. Because they're just as much a part of who you are, you know, from your day-to-day when you're playing it. So that, that was like a lovely, nostalgic trip last night. Oh, YouTube is stunning. The, the, the depth of the archive that they have over there, I mean, it's really stunning what, they, what they've built. Oh, it's so, it's just, it's amazing. I, and, 
you know, what's hard is I, you cannot go back, but you want to give the audience that same depth and entertainment. And it's really hard right. these days. It's really difficult, right. I know, with our budget and different uh, constraints. But you want to give it back. You want, you want people to be that enthralled. So, I, I mean, you had so many storylines and so many moments on General Hospital. Do you have a favorite? Do you have any particular thing that kind of sticks out in your mind? No, no. you know, I, I think about it a lot because the nurses' ball, like we said, it gave us a social consciousness and an education of the audience. But that's not – it's really the day-to-day -day ability, even when we weren't in big storylines, to just make Lucy a person. Um, and, and the favorite parts are still to this day when you're out on the streets of New York or even, you know, at the ranch I'll go to the grocery store still and someone says, oh, you got me through this time or, oh, I can't believe I remember this outfit. And their specific memories, it's like this fabric that we kind of all get to share. So to take one, it's not that. It's that I got to do Lucy all that time and now getting to talk to people, that's my favorite part of it all. Absolutely. You know, you were a guest on my friend Joanne's show, Stardust, last year, and, and I got a chance to, to call in and speak with you. Yes, her yes, I, I do. Show. You know what? I asked Cynthia, um, the, my friend that does all these crazy booking things, and she said, that is Brandon. That's Brand that's, that's the whole, that's the whole. It's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. I love that because you were so articulate, and I can oh. tell you were really passionate about what you do. That makes you feel good. Oh, listen, I, you know, I, I've loved General Hospital for years, and, and you know, to me, I don't, and I don't want to get you to repeat the story, but... You know, one of your finest hours as an actress was during the storyline of, of BJ's heart and the transplant. Oh, and, you yeah. know, those scenes where you went to Kevin's apartment and broke down in his arms after you found out the news. I mean, you know, I'll never forget you crying and telling him that, that BJ loved you first because you were married to Tony and you were the girl stepmother first. And, yes. you know, you that were the one who broke my heart in that storyline. Oh, well, that's so nice because everybody, you know, Jackie Zeman and Christina and Brad Maul, all. It, it truly was one of those magic days where the crew is crying, um, the actors, everybody upstairs watching on the monitors. It was one of those um, kind of m moments that ties everybody together, and it makes you realize why you do these stories, because you knew that the audience was going to go along with this incredible ride. That was Absolutely. magic. That was just magic. The writers came up with it. it you know, and now you're giving me chills to still <laughs> to this day because you so invest your soul in this, and then when the audience has their souls tied with yours, it's just magic. Sure. You know, were you were you already a mother at that time? No. You know, um, I think I'm trying to think of how. Now was that Hank? I might have. That's what Christina and Jackie and I had talked about that, and we were trying to remember. That may have been though. Maybe when we were all, no, because that was actually, Hank's 18, 12, you know, that may have been right all when we were starting our families, because I remember okay. discussing that about how could anybody go through this, and just that Absolutely. 18, and if other people were going through that same thing, um, that, that you don't even have, to me, even people that aren't parents, those kind of stories tie everybody together. It's the universality of it, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, you were a major player on GH through that through that era, through the Claire Labine era. Uh, oh, Claire! Claire was amazing. You know, we talk about her still, um, her character choices and the depth she gave all of us. She was an amazing um, head writer. Just stunning. How do you look back on that era of General Hospital? Do you look back with pride, with awe? Oh, sure, sure. And also, uh, you know, I, I like I said before, I miss it. 
um, not in a bad way, but in the way that you just, you can't repeat that, but you want to match that quality. You, sure. you, you know, any time I think um, someone puts out some artistic endeavor, you just, you don't want to fall short. And I think that's what's really hard when people do go to other shows. It's not that the other show is less, it's that it's different. And you know what you gave the audience, and it's really hard to match that. And I don't think you ever can. You just have to be different and give them a different kind of entertainment. Absolutely. So you moved on to Poor Charles when it hit the air in 97, and, you know, it's so funny that, that toward the end of that show's run, they featured vampires in lead roles. Oh, that's I know. all the rage right now. We were just I mean, laughing about that. Buzzworthy and I were, the whole group were talking, hey, if we just had done it now, then Poor Charles would still be on. <laughs> but I don't know, you know, we talked about that too. Do you, are you trading, though, the core character's essence by... Well, introducing the vampire storyline. I still sure. think you have to balance that with what people want in the everyday lives. They, they want to identify with us, and it's hard sometimes. Um, the romance and the violence of vampires is fascinating, but you still would have had to have that balance. Absolutely. You know, not only for that reason, but, but was that show ahead of its time, in your view, just generally in the I, way I it was constructed? So. I think the way we tried to do the books, the chapters with the different um, storylines, um, the way we interjected the pace and the half-hour format, I really do think so. I, I think we tried something that, if it was done today, would have been more well-received. Because a lot of people don't have time even to sit down for a whole hour. So we're, we're, we were almost forward-thinking in the fact that if you can give us you know, the, the 20 minutes um, with the commercials of story and hook in people for those characters, I think we could have held them more today um, with that quick pace and uh, just the enthusiasm because everybody worked so hard on that show, but we were just a little out of sync. And, you know, I mean, we're starting to see pieces of that show's construction now in other shows. Yes. I mean, As the World Turns has recently sped up their story of telling format enormously. But I don't know, you know, I don't know if you're that, – that's hard. I've been reading a lot now and talking to people, and I don't know – I still think there's that balance for the older viewers. They don't want to speed up. They want to see you go through the pain of some Absolutely. of these storylines and the happiness. And you take what Trent is fun with is because he's um, the comedy in a sense and the hijinks. If you speed that up too much, you don't know why a lot of things are going on. So I think you still, you know, back to that silly balance word, but you you still need the fast pace, but you've got to give people the people part. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially the people that they've watched for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I have gotten a comment about that, um, that Elizabeth Hubbard and um, the older characters, you know, bringing me in is great, and I love coming in, but I do see their point that if you're invested 30 years in a story, you want to see your favorites have storylines, totally. too. And totally. in the writer's defense, I mean, come on, trying to come up with these stories for so many characters is very hard, but you have to be true to the audience with all of the older characters, too. And I don't well, mean just age. I mean people that have been on there a long time. Absolutely. So what, what brought you to As the World Turns? I mean, this was, this was pretty stunning news. I, you know, I had Michael Bruno on my show right after the Emmy nomination. Oh, he's so fun, because you know what? He loves daytime. And he's very talented in finding people that uh, want to work again or to Absolutely. get people to, to do the shows. And he's very good at um, storyline. He loves the story. So he's been behind the scenes um, a great benefactor to all of us. Sure. You know, oh, he hinted on my show back in May that he was bringing somebody back that had been away for a while. And, and uh, <laughs> sure enough, a couple weeks later, <laughs> the news broke that you were coming back. And yeah, was I like, really, okay, I broke. I managed to break some news on my show. You did, you did. Well, because I, I talked to him, um, Ken and a lot of uh, people, are, are Shriner, are good friends because he has been so passionate through the years. 
And so he had said, you know, if you ever want to go back to daytime, let me know. And we talked, and Ken would say, you know, I think Lynn would really like to come back, and it would just start putting bugs in people's ears. And when Jess Walton, I, I've told this story in the articles, that she really, and the way they're cutting salaries is, is hard for everybody to deal well, with. And when she well. was dealing with all that, they had mentioned, would you want to maybe, you know, talk about uh, looking at Jess Walton's part, and I thought, well, no, not if Jess wants it, that I would hate that, you know, for that to happen to have happened Absolutely. to Lucy, but anyway, that's how CBS, I think, had my name back on the radar, and so when this Henry's mom came up, um, Chris Goutman, who's really a, a great gentleman to work for, called and said, hey, this crazy mother of eight, you know, that's going to be really um, a bad girl, do you want to try it, and I thought, oh my gosh, I was so flattered, I remember sitting out by our bunkhouse, you know, on our, our uh, like come wagon wheel thing, thinking, oh my gosh, he's serious. I got to put back on those dresses. I got to get out there. <laughs> so it was so flattering and so much fun. And this excellent summer adventure in New York has been the best time of uh, the city. I just I love New York, and I've been having a ball commuting down to Brooklyn. It it, it couldn't have been a better summer. So it all worked out the way it was supposed to. I hope it all works out the way it's – see, I – you know, of course my grand visions are still to be Lucy. I, I love Audrey. I love As the World Turns. But um, as I've said, I, I really do have this big life back on the West Coast. So uh-huh. this has been my excellent adventure. But um, it, it would be really, of course, my dream to, to finish up as Lucy. So is, is Trent Dawson as much of a kick in real life as he is <sighs> on the show? He's so much fun. He's so – and, you know, he's from Louisiana, so we bonded instantly over that. That's a big deal because I went to LSU, and he was uh-huh. born on the campus of LSU. And wow. his mom now lives in Texas, and um, my sister lives in Texas. So right away, you know, we fell into talking about the food and the music and the culture of, of South Louisiana. And just the jokes and the first day, um, his pace and his energy, I thought, this is heaven because I don't have to say anything. We don't have to um, zhuzh it up any. It was just there. And it's, it's really been a pleasure to work with him. He, he's, he so loves what he does. And, of course, you know that. When you love what you do, you're going to have a lot sure. of passion and drag people along. So we've been having a and ball. Right. You know, you can look at him and you can see the unmistakable glint of a young Ken Schreiner in his eyes. I mean, I, yeah, I can't think of a better. He's twist. <laughs> I, I just can't think of a better acting match for you because it's, it's, it's just perfect oh, it's, chemistry. This is what you do it's have. It's been fun. I, the, only thing, the only thing that I have is – we haven't gotten to flush out, and, and that's I'm hoping that if Audrey comes back at some point eventually. We really um, did a lot of hijinks and a lot of fun, and we keep doing that. But I, I still, for Trent, would like to flush out how he really felt about being deserted, you know, in the long mm-hmm. run, and how that impacted his character's life. Because mm-hmm. Henry really has been through a lot as a kid, and um, I hope one day we get to flush that out. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. When he first came on the show, he was he was the – he was the villainous heavy, and so you know it, it would be nice to to kind of go back and, and explore the the yes. early part of his. Of his and you know what happens with uh, the characters like uh, Audrey and Henry that do the hijinks and the the screwy highball comedy things, you you lose sometimes the humanity every once in a while, and you want people to still relate to them as human beings too. So that's why I think it's important to show their past. Absolutely. Are you going to be crossing paths with your old co-stars John Lindstrom and Stuart Damon during your time? Oh on the yeah, show? oh yeah. Um, we've laughed. 
it would have been nice to have a lot more, but he's so heavy in with Rosanna, and it's a great story. They're very entertaining, um, Craig and Rosanna. But we do have a couple days that are awesome, and we just looked at each other um, on the set and just laughed out loud. It was the best wow. to be there. And then Stuart does, he comes in um, for a run, and we definitely cross paths. And sitting there, you know, talking about old times and then laughing about our characters now was just, it, that was a gift. That was so pleasurable. You know, it's so great to see to see John Lindstrom back on back on soaps because he, you know, he was an actor just like you that was so good at what they did, yeah, and it was such he, a shame that it I was know. such a shame that that GH didn't want you guys back. I mean, it's just well, you know, I, it's it's funny. It, it would have been fun to have Kevin and Lucy um, back and develop their characters, but for him to play Craig, I think he's doing such a good job. Absolutely. And he he loves New York too. So for his life, um, just like I've said, uh, being able to raise my boys and having such a personal connection um, to the ranch and be there, maybe it was a blessing in disguise uh, for both of us to go different ways. But th- the bottom line still is, GH gave us so much that you still want to give back to that. So um, I think he'll he'll play out Craig and and do fantastic but you know secretly in his heart the old doc and lucy we laugh about it we still love it so much and and just to see them go through that would would be a nice uh exclamation point too how's the mood on the world turn set you know guiding lights going off the next month and rumors are kind of swirling about the unsure future of not only that show but soaps in general and i'm oh, wondering sure. if, i'm wondering you know, if there's a if there's a renewed vigor in the air to put on a great show yes oh you know it's if you could see how hard they work um, at getting the product so well, and, and like I, I talked about on, on Buzzworthy, the, the, you have five minutes to get your scenes together and do it, and the director and the crew, they work so fast. And Chris Goutman is awesome. He's trying so hard to get the audience to go with us on different journeys. Um, they've been doing location things outside just to try and give a sense of real life. Um, mm-hmm. And the actors, they were hit very hard, the guiding light, all of us. It, it, you, can't, you can't even articulate how hard it is to watch a whole group of people and a, oh. a long – I mean, everybody's talked about it. It's really hard. And because it's their sister show, it's, oh, tremendously. And it's almost a feeling, you know, it's an end of an era, not only for those people, but for the viewers. I can't imagine investing all my, you know, time and sitting every day or taping or enjoying it and not having it be there. So that's, it's been a dark cloud. People do talk about it um, at As the World Turns. But there is that sense, okay, if that's what's going to happen, then we've got to give the viewers the best product we can, given the budget limitations we have. And they're trying, and they're so passionate, and, and you know, they're very determined to give it all they have um, and hope it turns out. Absolutely. You know, you were on a show, uh, Port Charles, that was fighting for its life almost from the second it hit the air. Yes, uh, <laughs> from the, the second it hit the air. Literally, and, and you know, I, in some ways you're in kind of a unique position to offer a bit of wisdom on this, on this, uh, on this topic, on this situation. And I'm wondering if, you know, if you well, people you know, have come to you and, and ask questions about, you know, your experience on, on a show that was fighting for its life. Well, it's, it's hard because you as an actor, that, that's the one part that I think, um, and I've said this before about ranching or having another career, if you control your day and you dictate, like for your show, if you dictate the quantity and quality and the content, and you have that control, then it's such a good feeling to know you gave it your all, and it turned out. When you do Port Charles, or even as the world turns as actors, you can only do the material they gave you and invest your whole being in it. 
and there's so many other factions that come in that that's what gets depressing sometimes or feels like a mountain you can't climb because you cannot control viewer habits or the networks or um, the, the people that write or produce the show. So it's very frustrating because your face is on the product, but you can't cool. make the product only as good as that day that you give your soul you know, to the acting. Cool. So that's what I think a lot of people realize. We're, over there, we're trying to do each of us, even you know, from the boom operators, the camera guys, their best, and that's all we've got. And so everything else has to you know, mesh together. But it does. you feel really overwhelmed sometimes because you cannot control every aspect of those shows. Um, and viewer habits. So hopefully, much as you'd like to. Oh man! Well, that's what we always talk about. You, as a viewer, you know what you would do to fix uh-huh. the show, uh-huh. and uh, uh, everybody, all the viewers know what they like to see. And the internet has been so invaluable in providing windows into what people like and don't like. I sure. think the problem is a lot of times people that don't have access, they their voices aren't heard too to get a real amalgamation of what you want to see on a soap. So it, this is hard times. But they're still there. The stories are still there. If we can just get people, uh, you know, to sample us again and make sure it's not just plot-driven, that it's characters, too. Absolutely. You know, you've been around this business now for the better part of three decades, and you've seen things at their absolute high and their absolute low. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, we fans always like to rag about the ways daytime has changed for the worst, and I'm wondering if you can talk about ways that it's changed for the better. Well, just the accessibility, like I said, with the Internet and being able to get open updates and SoapNet, um, if you want to be a part of a chatting or a family of viewers, that's, you know, most viewers were isolated in their homes and didn't have any interchange of ideas when we started. So Absolutely. to actually get to Absolutely. talk to each other and then have, um, like, talk to me or talk to a producer, talk to a writer and give your opinion, that's a wonderful thing. And I, I wish there was more ways to include the audience in the communication because that's something that's a positive thing. Um, and I think being able to go outside and do locations and do things cheaper, if we could utilize a lot of that, that's all positive, too. And the pool of actors now, everybody loves daytime and wants to be a part of it. So you can, you know, the talent is, um, there's so much depth that we didn't have. And being able to tell storylines about every race and culture and creed and sexual preference, that's opened up um, an amazing uh, forum for people to talk about problems or good things or bad things in our culture. Mm-hmm. So that it's it's so it's almost like it's right there still to be an impact on people's entertainment. We just haven't found a way to keep them tied in. Um, so th- there's a lot of positive that I just think we need to, if we can find a way to build on that and not the negative, then maybe we can stay alive. Absolutely. You know, it, I, I think it was Marge Duce from Guiding Light years ago. She she called daytime the last American repertory theater, and it's I thought that was true. a great way to put it. It's very true, because it is, and these, when you're acting on your feet like this, everybody can't go to a play, everybody doesn't have access to musical theater, but you can flip on your set during the day and see a great group of actors telling a sure. story. So she's absolutely right. You really do get, basically, the human need to tell stories right in your home every day, but we, we just need people still being given such a high-quality product that they want to tune in every day. No question. So what's on the horizon for Lynn Herring? If this turns into a longer-term part, would you seriously consider it? You know, it it, it doesn't. Um, to be honest with you, uh, it, it it's longer than I thought. They gave me um, extra weeks on the story um, to flush it out a little more that have been awesome. 
Um, but I do, you know, like I've, I've said, I do live on this crazy ranch, and I miss those cows. <laughs> I've got, I got to see my cows. So no, you know, if if I would love if Audrey can come back and forth, if they have some room um, occasionally to come in, because I, I really these people are. I can't even say it enough how much fun everybody there is. But like I said, my dream would still be um, to come back as Lucy and, and round out that character um, or a West Coast, some sort of – I hate to lose touch again with daytime. That's what – this is so bad because it's like someone that craves chocolate and goes off of it for six years. <laughs> now I'm hooked back. They hooked me back in. I love this because I love talking to people. And like I said, even on the street and talking to you guys, you forget that – you know, I've been a storyteller for most of my life, and um, that's in my blood. So I, I hope in the future on the horizon is the chance to do it some more. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, it was a great honor and a sincere thrill having you on my show today. I, I appreciate oh, thanks! You I'm so glad you're doing this, Brent. This is so much fun for people to get to talk to you because you you love all this crazy passion daytime stuff we have. I love this. Oh, it's been a blast getting this show on its feet, and I appreciate people like you stopping by and and having a chat with me. Oh, thanks. Well, you know what? We'll have to do it in the future. We can't lose touch. We'll do it again. You know what? You are welcome here anytime to talk about anything. (laughs) Okay, thanks. That'd be lovely. So before I let you go, could I get you to do a couple of promos for me? Sure. Okay, you were having trouble getting getting the promo done on Buzzworthy, so I know I don't. That's why I switched to this neighbor's phone. This is so funny. He's still he's out in the hall going, "Good job." (laughs) If you don't mind, we'll do we'll do a promo for Buzzworthy first, and I'll get it over to those guys. And then we'll do a promo for me, if you don't mind. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay. So uh, for Buzzworthy, you can say anything you like, as long as it includes the words Lynn Herring and Buzzworthy Radio. Okay. And I'm recording now, so anytime you're ready, shoot. Hi, this is Lynn Herring, and I'm talking to you about Buzzworthy Radio. Make a point to tune in, because I sure enjoyed talking to everybody there. Watch Audrey on As the World Turns, and uh, say hello to all those general hospital people to me. Fantastic. And now for me, you can do the same thing. You can, as long as you include the word Lynn Herring and Brandon's buzz, anything else is totally up to you. Okay. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Oh, this is so funny. I have to tell you real quick. This is Ken Schreiner. Hold on. Let me see. <laughs> Ken? Pal? I'm talking to Brandon on Brandon's the, the buzz uh, show that he does. And you can't say hi because I'm on a different phone. May I call you right back? Do you have any words for his uh, Brandon's show? <laughs> it's his Brandon's Buzz show. You've got to talk. Say something so I can tell him. He's saying hello to all the fa- – wait. Say hello to Brandon. Let me see if you, he can actually hear you. Ready? Say hi. Hello. Ken. Brandon. How you doing, buddy? He said, he said hi. All right, I'll call you right back with hellos from Brandon. Okay, <laughs> bye. That is so funny. He's on my cell phone that wasn't working, so I'll tell him you said hello. <laughs> well, tell Tim that he is welcome on this show anytime he likes. I will. He does anything he, he likes. Oh, he's so funny. He, he'll, have, he'll tell you stories. You know that. <laughs> oh, I bet he has stories that would make my toes curl. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz Talk to Brandon, call Brandon, because I love talking to him. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Call him. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Thank you so, 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 so much. Uh, thanks, and I'll talk to you soon. I'll, hope, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Ken the heads up to give you a call. 
<laughs> please do. Please do. Okay. You take Mag- care. You too. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. The magnificent Lynn Herring, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. Brandon's Buzz in the can for Friday, August 7th, 2009, on location in Grand Junction, Colorado. Um, so I don't, I'm on vacation. I'm on a road trip. I have no shows planned uh, 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 or confirmed for, for this month, but I'm hoping to be back on the air in the later half of this month with great shows and great guests. So stay tuned to the show's website, blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. For all information about the show, you can also listen to old shows there, and you can download old shows there. You can also catch me on my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There's a full radio archive at the top of the page. Click on the radio button. It'll take you to a page where you can look at each show, you can listen to each show, and you can see the great banners that my pal Joanne makes to help me advertise the show. That's at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. You can also find me on iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section, click on my logo. From there, you can download individual old shows as podcasts, or you can subscribe to the show and have uh, each new show automatically download to your iTunes library the minute it's uploaded to the store. So that's at iTunes. So I'm all over the Internet. There's no excuse not to be able to find me. Just Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and something about me will pop up that will point you in my direction. And I appreciate you guys finding me and listening to my show and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just having the time of my life putting together this show, and I thank people like, people like Lynn and, and uh, you know, all the great guests that have stopped by and had a chat with me. I really appreciate you guys coming by, and I hope you continue coming by and continue listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Brenda Russell, and there is definitely a buzz happening. Brandon's Buzz. I just had the most fun in the world doing Brandon's Buzz. This is Louise Schaefer. It's a fabulous podcast, and it's a great, great way to spend some time. Brandon is the best. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hey, everybody, this is Beth Maitland. You probably know me best from my role as Tracy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and I'm talking to you about Brandon's Buzz. Come on, you got to find him. Hi, this is Gordon Thompson speaking. And I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time. And I think you will, too, so please log on. And have a look. Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. Miss Lynn Herring, are you still on the line? Miss Lynn Herring, are you still on the line?